Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. <laughs> and Larson. hey And welcome back to Going In Raw Matt Chat. It's the question where we throw the question, deciders. Oh, God, that's strong. Okay, you got to stop doing that. We throw the question asking to the patrons out there, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. That's right, at $20 a month, you too can be on Matt Chat. We got a bunch of great questions today. Let's dig right into oh, it, Oh, yeah, Larson. let's get right into it. All right. No plugs, no nothing. Let's get right into the questions. Let's get into the meat of the episode. First, from the enforcer. Ooh. Woo. One more. Feeling good. Oh, no, come on, man. Stevie Bradley. I think you have a problem, Larson. Let's see what Stevie Bradley has to say. All right. Steven Larson, friendos, got a question for you. How do we turn Becky Lynch heel? Obviously, after SummerSlam beatdown, people love her. She comes out on Tuesdays, cuts a promo that's supposed to make us feel upset at her. We love her even more. Short of actually putting a knife in Charlotte's back, how does Becky Lynch turn heel? Let me know your thoughts. Too sweet? Party handshake. Thank you, Enforcer. Thank you, Enforcer Stevie Bradley. So, yeah, there's been a bit of an uphill climb trying to get a heel reaction from the crowd when Becky Lynch does heelish things. Steve, how do you think they can uh, counter that? Well, here's the problem with any of it. The more... My, my basic philosophy for wrestling is this. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. If you do cool stuff, then people are going to like you. Becky Lynch is already in a hole because she's beloved. People love her so much. She's underappreciated in the fans' eyes by the WWE management. So everything she's saying is completely and totally justified. So even if she were to get super aggressive with somebody and violently attack a, another beloved superstar, I still don't think that's going to be enough. However, if I were to go, uh, anyway, I like your idea, but I think I'm not sure they'd do that because of who it is and her condition. Yeah, I don't think they would either, but that's the best I came up with. All right, so I'm going to say this. People really love Lana, okay? Um, now, she's part of this Rusev Day thing, and they love him. But when Lana was getting back into the wrestling stuff, into the actual wrestling stuff, 
people were really behind her because they knew that she was trying. They knew that she was doing her best and they just generally really, really like Lana. So I would think if they did some sort of match where Lana, obviously she's outmatched in sort of the power ranking department against Becky Lynch. If Becky Lynch really toyed with her, maybe a couple weeks in a row and just finally brutalized her, brutalized her akin to what Randy Orton, who's going through his own, you know, heel turn sort of uh, 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 transition right now, similar to what he would, did with Jeff Hardy, sticking his dick finger in, in Jeff Hardy's earlobe uh, hole. Um, if she did something similar to Lana and do something that they generally do not allow women to do, which is, you know, get blood, get the blood on the face. If she drew blood on Lana and Lana was being portrayed as, you know, what she sometimes is, a sort of, you know, upstart wannabe, you know, trying to get into the wrestle and stuff. Maybe then I think that's sort of the best route I could think of that might be able to, you know, enforce Becky Lynch's image as a heel. That that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to take some sort of uh, a brutal attack on somebody and mean. Yes, you know, mean. yes, mean um, spirit. And uh, your idea is good. Um, I thought of something different. Attack Page. They mm-hmm. have history together. Team PCB. Mm-hmm. Um, Page is the one that brought Becky to WWE from NXT kayfabe. Yeah. Um, uh, Page is absolutely beloved. By pretty much everybody. True. She's been doing a fantastic job as a skilled face GM of SmackDown. Yeah, she's really good. And Paige is the one that gave Charlotte that opportunity to get into the match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So right there, any sort of attack is motivated. You're correct. Given uh, Paige's kind of abrupt and sudden retirement from wrestling, given her neck condition, who knows? Is this something they would green light? Probably not. Right, yeah. But I think if it's a segment that they build to and it's vicious mm-hmm. and and as you again as you said mean yeah then it's possible yeah um i doubt it's going to happen i doubt the situation you mentioned specifically with anybody bleeding intentionally yeah, is right. going to happen yeah um so it's really i mean more than anything i i don't necessarily know if you need becky to do a full heel turn i think you just need captivating character work from everybody involved yeah, and let but, the storyline yeah. sort itself out. I know that's not typically how WWE operates. They want a very clearly delineated heel-face dynamic in most of their feuds. Um, however, I think with this, to a certain extent, you have Becky actions and you understand their motivations because they make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this just seems like one of those situations where just let the story play out and let the crowd not necessarily decide who's heel or face, but who they're going to back. Yeah. And I think that would make for the most interesting story. Yeah, I I mean, look, I absolutely agree with you there. But you know, like you said, WWE doesn't really like to stray in that territory. No, they don't really let like the crowd decide. They don't like ambiguity when it comes to their characters. Terribly. <laughs> they don't like crowds deciding anything. No. Um, but anyways, it'll be it. It will be interesting to see uh, if they keep on trying to force the issue. If Becky yeah. is, I mean, it's, I, I imagine well, she takes it as a as a big challenge. Yeah, and it, I I I'm hesitant to call this any sort of indication on how they might be adjusting course. Uh, Becky's promo, the upload to YouTube, they took out the bit where she was kind of talking trash to the crowd a little bit. Mm-hmm. Again, don't know if that's an indication where they might be going. But again, if they just have two complex characters who are out there, they each have their motivations. I mean, from Charlotte's perspective, if she's given an opportunity to get a title shot, you don't say no to that. Yeah, sure. So her motivations are understood. Mm-hmm. She's just in there wanting to compete. Becky's motivations are understood. And there's a lot of gray area 
in the feud, and I think that's where the best stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. But again, they don't like that. Yeah, they like very clearly delineated characters. You got to be good or bad. You can't be anywhere in the middle for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. Which is kind of interesting that they went in this direction because you'd think they would know that the people would have a really hard time accepting mm-hmm. Becky as a heel. Mm-hmm. And I suggest this on the SmackDown uh, uh, recap. Um, it's kind of maybe surprising to me that they didn't go the other way and have Charlotte still win, but basically turn heel on Becky in the process, mm-hmm. given that Charlotte's won a world title now, what, six, seven, whatever times. Yeah, six, seven times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and have Becky sort of be even more of an underdog against her former best friend. Yeah. Um, but it, we've already kind of seen that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe that's why they... And we haven't seen, and we, you and I have been, we've been, you know, wanting a Becky Lynch heel turn mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, Becky has been heel since NXT. Yeah, and so it, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they do with it, what route Becky takes. The YouTube thing is more, you know, I, I suggested it was, it was probably just the thing to cut it for time. Yeah, and that was sort of an obvious section to cut if you wanted to truncate it. However, they could have. You're, you're right. They could have cut any number of things from that promo and kept the, the fan stuff that she was, you know, that's, running them down. That's usually how WB tries to turn someone heels by talking trash to the fans. I would think, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, to read into that given that the digital department, I'm not sure how much. Well, short of a directive from someone higher up. Yeah, yeah. exactly, you know. so Like, is, are they left to their own devices to decide what to trim and what to keep? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Moving on, we got another question here from uh, is the next one TNA for life. Correct, TNA for life. He's got a cool DX uh, plaque. Yeah. I want to see that, and so do you. Let's take a look. What is up, friendos? It's your boy TNA for life here for another match chat question. Check out my DX plaque. Yeah. All right. My question this week is: If you have to team up two guys to put with Braun Strowman to go up against the Shield with. Who would it be? I want you to each give a different answer. Two guys. Put them with Braun Strowman. Go up against the Shield. Who's Braun picking? Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA, for life. Thank you. Who this should is a draw good question. Him? We kind of talked about this yeah. a little bit on our Raw recap, I believe. Um, here's who I think. And I mentioned this name when we brought up the uh, the idea of maybe someone joining Strowman to take on the Shield. Kevin Owens. Mm. Um, he has been, for the most part, uh, uh, destroyed by Braun Strowman over the last couple of months. And so he'd be obviously somewhat hesitant to join forces with him. Um, however, uh, if there's a way that Kevin Owens could get something out of the relationship, maybe say, and they, this is something they discussed back after Strowman won Money in the Bank. Braun, I help you win Money in the Bank. I'm sorry, I help you win Universal title. In return, you just give me a title opportunity. Mm-hmm. That could be a way of doing it. Maybe next week on Raw, Reigns says, hey, there's someone else who never got their title shot rematched, sorry, for the Universal title. Kevin Owens match tonight. Mm-hmm. And Braun comes out, does the same thing kind of happened last week. Shield come down to the ring. However, Owens doesn't seemingly teleport out of the ring like Finn did. Yeah. He sticks around. He joins the fight. Yeah. Um, for my third member, just because I think it'd be kind of funny, Cassius Ono, Ooh, like who, that. according to CM Punk at least, was in contention to be a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> way back in, what, 2012, yeah. 2013? Yeah, yeah, I just think yeah. it'd be funny if he got brought up be to fight the to S.H.I.E.L.D. fight the S.H.I.E.L.D.? I could, I could, I could dig that. Um, I have a hard time thinking anybody, uh, Braun, would ask for help from anybody or accept help from anybody. Um, but I have Finn Balor written down here. He lost against Roman Reigns. Uh, there's really not a lot of motivation for him to do this beyond Braun once 
at one time calling him a buddy, um, my little buddy or whatever he said. Uh, I've been wanting to see like a heelish version of Finn Balor for a while now. I think it'd be cool if he if he helped Braun Strowman take on the Shield. I don't think they need they would need a third guy because Braun is essentially two men in one. And then you get Finn Balor going there. Maybe you get the demon going and get a little space nebula thing going up above the ring. It's hard to beat a nebula. Yeah, exactly. He can have he can suck that giant dog demon dog into the nebula mm-hmm. out into space where mm-hmm. he'll implode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say I don't know Finn Balor. He ain't got nothing else to do right now. So yeah, it seems like it. Might as well. Who's got the IC? Oh, and Seth has the IC title. So yeah, Braun go for the universe title. Finn finally pick up that IC title. They all battle into Mania. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. 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 Uh, next, we've got a question from Thayer Thabata. So we confirmed we got his Matt Chat question for this week. Here's Thayer Thabata's Matt Chat question for the week. Let's see what he has to say. Who do you guys think is a better type of monster? Braun Strowman or Minoru Suzuki? Thank you, Thayer Thabata. Thank you, Thayer Thabata. For your this week's Matt Chat question. Yeah, for this week's Matt. For your this week's Matt Chat. <laughs> You want to go first? You want uh, me to? No, I'll go first. All right. So, as much as I love Minoru Suzuki, oh, he's the best. He is the best. Uh, we've seen how much fun, and I'm not saying Suzuki isn't, but especially in Cartoon Land WWE, Braun Strowman when they can afford to do things like have him, you know, destroy sets, uh, use grappling hooks, uh, be completely uh, push over uh, the porta potties. That, to me, is more fun as a giant monster as opposed to crazy old man running around beating up on young lions, which is admittedly hilarious and fun. Uh, so, I don't know. In that respect, I think it's always fun to get a big monster. You know, we haven't seen a guy like Braun Strowman in the WWE for quite a while. There's been any number of attempts to have big monsters like him, but he is so great in everything he does. Um, and creative really does seem to have a lot of fun with Braun Strowman. He seems to have a lot of fun. So I'm going to say better monster, Braun Strowman, definitive answer. No way. No, here's the thing. Can you be a monster and still be fun? I don't think so. Braun is really – What? Braun's not that mean anymore. You're crazy. He's destructive, but he's not really mean, and he's not really scary anymore. He seems too nice for the most part. Minoru Suzuki. on getting his ass whooped. Minoru Suzuki. There's nothing in, in terms of his in-ring character that's nice. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. That's why he's the best. He doesn't have to be nearly seven foot tall and almost 400 pounds. True. To be scary. Mm-hmm. Just look at this One look, one scowl from Minoru Suzuki. Oh, you Ooh. better run because you're about to get your ass kicked. Um, add that plus the legitimacy of his MMA career. You know that in a shoot fight, he would beat pretty much anybody. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. That's a whole extra level that Braun doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Braun's just large. He can just—he's destructive and he's large. That's kind of like the elements that make him a monster. But there's not that air legitimacy that Minoru Suzuki has because he had such a legendary, legit fighting career. Yeah, it's Minoru Suzuki, man. Oh, man. And you get that juxtaposition between him and he's got that scowl and he's all mean. And you get that really uplifting theme song, which is the best theme in the history of wrestling. It just makes it. it oh, Minoru Suzuki overcompensating. Now. No, Minoru to, Suzuki is far. not only the greatest monster in wrestling history; he's the greatest wrestler in wrestling I mean, history. He's just really super grumpy old bastard. I can relate to that. Not really a monster, though. Oh, he is. You're definitely not. Ask 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 the young lions ringside if he's a monster or not. Well, you know what. Plus, you got you got Suzuki Goon 
backing them up. Oh, they're terrible. Ready to they're beat so up bad. anybody. They need, it, with the exception of Zack Sabre Jr., ditch everybody else. It should just be Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. I find Taichi uh, wildly entertaining. Yeah, I, I, he's I not, find he's him not, ridiculous. He, yeah, he's ridiculous, but yes, he's funny. exactly. See, they're not, they're, they're, they're not uh, a faction, uh, uh, you know, that truly reflects how, big, how much of a monster Suzuki is. They're kind of a lame-o faction. Another thing is Suzuki seems like such a dapper guy outside the ring. That's not a monstrous thing, though. No, it is. No, it it's the juxtaposition. No, it's, it's the juxtaposition. Don't think you know the definition of monster. I do. In the ring. I'm talking about in the ring is Suzuki. 110 oh, has to be in. Braun's all going out there shooting guns on Instagram. He's also, what? That's a scary monster. Looking man. at his own merch at Walmart. Have you seen his girlfriend? Ooh, he done good for himself. Yeah, look at his own merch. Well, anybody would do that, monster or not. DJ Mott has a question. Let's see what he asks. Oh, man, this is a good one. We had to actually think about this one. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson. It is your Going In Raw sneakerhead DJ Mott here, back in my new college dorm room with the fun wrestling poster up in the background. Steve, how you feel about that? Anyways, got a quick question for you guys. Now that SummerSlam is over, what title feuds do you guys want to see going into WrestleMania? You've know, got six months. What do you guys want to see in these six months? Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, DJ Mott. Thank you, DJ Mott. Here, I'll go first. This is what I want to see at Mania 35 in New York next year. Uh, for the Universal title, I want to see a Shield triple threat. Reigns versus Ambrose versus Rollins. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for the WWE title, uh, first I went, I was going to go AJ, Daniel Bryan, but definitely seems like we're probably going to get Miz, Daniel Bryan for the WWE title, and I'd be totally cool with that. Absolutely. Their match at uh, SummerSlam was great. Uh, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw women's title. Okay. They'll find a way to move Charlotte over to, to, to Raw. Okay. Um, and I think as far as a marquee matchup for Ronda Rousey, it'd be hard to top that. Yeah, good. Um, for the SmackDown women's title, Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Okay. Maybe Asuka finally gets the title there. Yeah. Um, for the Intercontinental title, give me Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Okay. I think that'd be phenomenal. That'd be good. Uh, for the U.S. title, there's not a whole lot of mid-card feuds for Nakamura. So, I mean, he holds the U.S. title for a while. True. So, I say bring up EC3 next week or soon, depending on how badly his eye is injured. Um, have him feud with Nakamura for the U.S. title. I think they could do some good stuff. Okay. I want the Revival to be the Raw Tag Champions, but based on who's on the Raw roster right now. It's a whole lot of crap. It's not that much. you got to really invest a lot of time and effort in building up Authors of Pain probably. Even even when you look at NXT, there's not really anybody they no, can call up. No, not really. So I guess Authors of Pain versus Revival. Revival, I just want them to have the championships by the time WrestleMania rolls around. And for the SmackDown tag titles, give me New Day versus Usos versus T-Bar. They'll tear the house down. That's a good one. That would be phenomenal. Oh, Cruiserweight title. Forgot about that one. Oh, champion Drew Gulak versus challenger Mustafa Ali. That's mine. You don't want Leo Rush? Oh, shit. Oh, Mustafa Ali versus Leo Rush. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay, that's a good one. Go ahead. All right, I will continue on. So, Cruiserweight, Mustafa Ali versus Leo Rush. Uh, for the WWE Championship, it's, it's got to be Ms. Bryan. It's got, I agree with you completely. For the Universal Championship, uh, a rematch of what we saw this past week, except a little bit of flair to it, Roman Reigns versus the Demon Finn Balor. That's what I want to see for the Universal Championship. I want to see Finn back in the Universal Championship scene, although I would totally be into the Shield Triple Threat. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, a feud that we saw in NXT that was amazing. Give me Nikki Cross versus Asuka. Uh, that last man standing match that I never saw, I heard was amazing. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I got to check it out one day. Uh, for the Raw Women's Championship, 
Ronda Rousey versus her best friend Shayna Baszler. I think that'd be great. I really hope they call up uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, they have a, a, a elongated feud. Um, for the IC title, I've got Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens. I just think they're both amazing personalities. I'd mm -hmm. love to see that. Mm -hmm. um, Drew would be the face here. Or Kevin Owens would be the face here. I don't know. Uh, for the tag titles, yeah. I mean, for the Raw tag titles, the Revival versus whoever. Authors of Pain, I guess. Uh, for the U.S. title, I've got Nakamura versus Almas. I want to see heel versus heel. Uh, if Nakamura keeps up what he's doing, fans are going to turn him back to a face. Oh, yeah, probably. They're going to turn him back to a face. I don't know what this United States of Knock America thing is, but it sounds amazing. Oh, it's great so far. <laughs> It is. Uh, SmackDown tag titles. I'm with you. New Day, Bar, Usos. Can't go wrong with that. And for the women tag titles, uh, give me the four horsewomen. That's why I got Charlotte and Becky Lynch against uh, uh, Sasha, Sasha and, Bailey. and Bailey. I think, you know, anytime you can get the four of them in the ring together. Tornado tag match. Oh, that'd be good. There you go. For Magic the will happen. Tag team championships, assuming they ever make those. Next up, we've got, uh, the, what are they called? The Freak Legion? Yeah, a couple questions from oh, the Freak Legion. Dear. First up from Delete. Let's see what he has to say. Yo, Stephen Larson, it's your boy, Delete, the Freak of Destruction. I got my main man here, Logie Richards. And uh, Buddy Love isn't here right now. He's out witnessing the love between man and woman. And Nemo's in the corner being very antisocial. That hand gesture's not PG. Two of them doesn't make it better. Oh, oh, she's saying we're both number one? Exactly, exactly. So my question this week, speaking of henchmen. You made, said I had the perfect hench face? He does. All-time best henchman of any wrestling promotion. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Delete. Thank you, Delete. You go first. It's Virgil. Iconic henchman in wrestling history. I don't know if there was a henchman of his caliber of his quality that uh, preceded him, I think he was the first henchman and the best henchman. And nowadays, in true henchman form, see, here's the thing. Your henchman isn't really a henchman because he grew out of the henchman into iconic status as a singles superstar. Yeah, that happens sometimes. No, 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 no. Yeah. If you're a henchman, then you're a henchman for life. Oh, I don't believe Virgil that. Virgil was henchman, and then he became Vincent, henchman to the NWO. Now... He's hawking eight by tens in subway stations. Still living the life of a true henchman, Larson. This dude is henchman for life. He's the now. You know, I just wrote it down there as a joke, but I'll be honest with you, that really is the best answer. He is iconic henchman. I put Diesel because he's the most successful post henchman ever. That's true. He yeah. managed to transcend henchman into superstar in his own right. Of course, he debuted in WWE. Uh, Shawn Michaels' muscle, his bodyguard, his henchman, his henchman. Yeah, um, was. Fulfilled that role for a while, but then eventually uh, they uh, t turned on each other. Um, and in fact, Diesel beat Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. at WrestleMania 11 for the title. Mm -hmm. So the henchman became the boss, the I guess, boss, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. They eventually teamed back up as equals mm -hmm. um, when they both had a face turn. But I mean, in terms of uh, the most successful henchman, post henchman, it's Diesel. Yeah, the, the biggest graduation from henchman. To, to, to boss, to boss, yeah, was Diesel. I mean, look at his career: WWF champion for a year, yeah, uh, WCW tag champion multiple time with Scott Hall, yeah, multiple time WCW world champion, multiple time world champion. I'm sure he wants to get Booker of T WCW too. And as you'll see later, greatest shoot interview, oh yeah, of all time, oh, yeah. like undisputed, yes, undisputed. That's, that's undisputed, exactly. Next. 
The uh, other, the other yeah. freak legion guy. Loki. Let's see what Loki Talking has about to say. Ultimate henchman, Loki. Let's see what Loki has to say. Good answer. Good answers. I can't believe Larson went with that pick. And I think Steve phoned it in a little bit. Just a little. So I think my question for you today is, if you could bend time and space. <laughs> like Buddy Loves Bedroom? Exactly. <laughs> if you could bend time and space and make a Fatal 4-Way Trios elimination tag team match between all the members of Undisputed, you would have Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish versus Cole, O'Reilly, and Strong versus Cole, Fish, and Strong versus Strong, O'Reilly, and Fish. Who would win? And you guys have to pick an answer. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Loki. Uh, he said I phoned it in. My answer was pure money. Virgil, prime henchman. It's kind of the obvious answer. Getting back. Obvious? Yeah. Getting back. I think you're jealous that I used, that I, I came up with the best answer. No. Still henchman today. Diesel's best answer. Anyways. Let's talk about Loki's question. Yes. So uh, if you take every possible three-man tag team iteration of Undisputed Era, which team every wins? Every permutation of Undisputed. Yes. yes. So it's Adam Cole. It's Roderick Strong. Okay. And it's Kyle O'Reilly. And this is my reasoning. They are, and they're, during Undisputed Era's tenure in NXT, and even before, in the case of Roger Strong, those three have been booked the strongest. Look at Kyle O'Reilly. He kicked that two finishers, two finishers at this last takeover. Roger Strong has competed for the NXT title. Um, he's had some awesome feuds, put on some stellar matches, booked strong. Adam Cole, former North American champion, maybe the most over wrestler in all of NXT. True. How can you not pick that team? No disrespect to Bobby Fish. I think he's great. His, 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 his subtlety during Undisputed Era's promos make me laugh every time the interview we just watched earlier today before uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Man, some of the best lines, Bobby Fish. I like Bobby Fish. Nonetheless, I'm sorry, Bobby. Mm. I got to go, gotta go with Adam Cole, Bebe, Roger Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly. You're missing out on, on Redragon. The three, and a lot of people aren't going to like this answer. A lot of people aren't going to like, like this answer. I'm shocked by this answer. I'm shocking the you system. You are shocking the with system. With this answer. And that's undisputed. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, Adam Cole. You're out. Roderick Strong, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, one of the most dominant tag team wrestling tag teams outside of the WWE up to their time in NXT. That's who Red Dragon was. Roderick Strong, Mr. Ring of Honor. That guy can do it all. He can do everything. The chemistry between these three that's what it's all about. It's about chemistry. You got uh, a strong. So here, here we go. Strong and O'Reilly are the most dominant, strongest tag team right now in wrestling. Prior to that, O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were the most dominant tag team in non-WWE wrestling. You put them all together with a, a knowledge base of tag team wrestling as a three-man faction. Oh, pff, pff, come on. That right there, Strong, Cole, I'm sorry, Strong, O'Reilly, uh, Bobby Fish, that right there is undisputed. No, it is disputed, very disputed, very disputed. No, I just un I just made it undisputed. No, I made it disputed. I said it's undisputed. No, I now. said disputed. Disputed. 
Can we just say that the four-man team of the Undisputed Era is the most over thing? In I mean, they'll beat everybody. Everybody. That should have been the answer for what uh, title feuds you want to see going to Mania. Undisputed Era versus everybody. They win all the titles. No, they're going to debut. The they're going to debut on the Raw after the Raw after Mania because apparently that's where they do call ups. Yeah, I guess so. We're going to find that out soon. Next up, ooh, this guy's ready for action. Look at his gear, Ao Worm. Let's go take a look at this. What's going on, friend? Over it's the boy Ao Worm here with another Mad Chat question. All right, Steven Larson. I got a couple of um scenarios I want to run by you. It's gonna be. It's like a, a lot. It's like it's like three of them, but it's gonna be a mouthful. So I'm gonna send them in the email. And of those three, I'm gonna give you. I need to know which ones sounds like will happen from more likely to happen to less likely to happen. All right, guys, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Catch you guys later. Thank you, Ao Worm. Thank you, Ao Worm, and and be careful. Whatever action you're about to see. Be safe. Yeah, so, so so in the email he included with us, I'll read the, the three scenarios um, okay. he presented to us. Which of these is most likely to happen? And which of them are least. least? First scenario, Bobby Fish is cleared. Roderick Strong gives him his tag title back. Roderick Strong goes on to win the NXT North American title while Adam Cole wins the NXT title. Scenario two, Velveteen Dream challenges Ricochet to a match at War, Gra- War Games for the belt setting up Dream versus Ricochet 2. Velveteen Dream wins a North American title. Scenario 3. Johnny Gargano becomes a full heel and somehow reforms DIY as a heel tag team, wins the NXT tag belts, and then moves to Maine sometime after dropping the belts. Um, I think he has the scenarios in the correct order in terms of most likely to least likely to happen. I think it's actually... So, the most likely to happen... um, And this could happen. Maybe. Maybe. Kind of doubtful, but maybe. Bobby Fish gets cleared. Roderick Strong gives the other tag title back to him. Roderick Strong wins North American title. Cole picks up yes, the NXT. Yes, that's title. most likely. That is most likely, even though I'm not sure how likely it is. Number two, I think the least likely of this to happen, if you kind of think about it, Velveteen Dream challenges Ricochet to a match at War Games. Dream wins North American title. There is no chance in hell, in hell, that Velveteen Dream would win the North American title as Ricochet's first title defense. Oh, probably not, no. I don't. I think that's the least likely I don't, I, to happen because I think Ricochet's still going to have unfinished Adam Cole business with, I think that, that much is obvious. I think Ricochet yeah, 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 and yeah. War, War Raiders are going to. I don't think there's any chance in, in, in any scenario based on the story they're telling for Johnny Gargano that he's going to go full heel and realign himself with Tommaso Ciampa. I think that, I, I don't think that there's the chance that that happens, but I think that, I think that that scenario is a bit crazier. It's a bit more out there. They've been fairly decent at being a bit unpredictable with this whole Gargano Champa thing. So, I mean, that scenario, it would it would be pretty shocking, but it wouldn't be nearly as shocking I mean, if, as if, Ricochet if, having if just a yeah no three month title. In the second ring. scenario, if if they if Ao Worm removed War Games. Yeah, okay, that yeah. That timetable. Yeah, sure. Then correct order for sure. But War Games is the next one. That yeah, ain't no. gonna, that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, this this not. this third one could be like a long-term something that happens like way down the line um because there's no there's no like time yeah, frame for that. Correct. And the long honestly longer Johnny Gargano's in NXT, I mean it may not be best for his, you know, his his bank account, but it's best for him as a character. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. I am terrified about what they might do with Johnny Gargano on main roster. He might just become like another Chad Gable. That would not be good. Maybe not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> because Chad Gable really wasn't much of anything yeah. in NXT either. But still, there it kind of freaks me out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, look, man, I don't want to crap on 205 Live, 
But I think Gargano's better than being on. Oh, yeah, he yeah, deserves yeah. a bigger spot. It'd be a, a, probably a better showcase for his skills. In-ring skills. And that's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, next up from Minnesota Joe. Let's see what Minnesota Joe has to say. He's got a new hat. Howdy, friendos. Minnesota Joe here with another Matt Chat question. I don't know why I had the cowboy hat on. I just found it lying around, so decided to wear it. Um, my question has nothing to do with the cowboy hat. My question is, um, well, for some context, I was thinking about, you know, growing up as a wrestling fan, how much I enjoyed wrestling, all of my early memories, like going to my first ever wrestling event and all that stuff. I just loved it, every moment of wrestling, and like I do today. And my question to you guys is, what's your favorite memory from like your childhood, or at least like the earliest you can remember about falling in love with professional wrestling and just being passionate about it? Thanks, friendos. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. I like his hat. If I if there was a hat laying around here like that, I'd probably wear it too. Anyways, favorite early memory of child. I don't. So my earliest memory of wrestling actually was it was one of two things. It was um, rock and wrestling, the cartoon. Like I remember watching that and really liking it, and understanding that they were based off of like everybody knew Hulk Hogan back then. I always, but I didn't. I didn't really have like a big thing for wrestling as a kid. Like my parents weren't, my dad wasn't into it or anything. I like that top one. That was cool. Um, or it might have been in Rocky Three when Thunderlips Hogan showed up. So it might have been that when I really, really got huge into wrestling was like college, you know, when the, with the NWO, that's when I was like, holy crap, this is for whatever reason. I thought this, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so because it was, it was all so ridiculous and interesting and cool to me. So it was, it was college. Yeah. But yeah. you used to get videotapes, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I remember watching, uh, WWF programming Saturday mornings on USA Network, mm-hmm. the Killer Bees and and British Bulldogs and stuff, and I was pretty much instantly captivated by it. Mm-hmm. And so we lived in this small town um, at the time, and so we had one video store in town. And I remember when they had WrestleMania one on VHS there. Yeah, and I used to rent that probably at least once a month and watch it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I just got so into it. I used to watch it for a while. We used to watch Saturday Night Main Event when that was on. Um, so that's probably it. I remember watching Hogan Andre on Saturday Night Main Event when Hogan won the title. Yeah, that stuck with me. Uh, didn't you see the Hebner twins thing go down? Like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm sorry, I was on my phone. Um, that was did that trip you had as a kid. Were you like, what the hell? There's two of them. One looks mildly like the other one. Yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was just more shocking to see. You know, at the time, Hogan was more or less unbeatable. So this is more shocking to see him drop so the as belt. So as a kid, you understood the magnitude of what you were watching. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Especially yeah. the circumstances which, which surrounded it where Hogan obviously kicked out, and yet mm-hmm. you know, evil Earl Hebner uh, counted the three count. Yeah. Was it supposed to be Dave or Earl? Dave was the regular ref, and Earl yeah, was yeah. the evil twin, yeah. right? Yeah. That's so weird. Wrestling is so weird. It is. We're going to do twins. What? Twins. Twins. Another ref is going to look mildly like the other ref. Doesn't Dave have a brother? Earl brother. Earl brother. <laughs> uh, next, from a new Matt Chatter, Stephen Kuipers. Kuipers? I think I think that's how he pronounced it. Maybe he can let us know in the ne- next Matt Chatter. No, he, video. he said it. He said it in his question. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, let's see what Stephen has to say. Yes. Stephen here. 
Hello, Stephen Larson. This is Stephen Cupers, the American from Down Under, coming to you with my very first Matt Chat question. Now, I've been watching a lot of Deep Space Nine of recent, and so my question is, so let's say between Mania and SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar was actually defending the Universal Championship around the universe against the Star Trek races and just people from Star Trek in general. So, who would beat Brock Lesnar in a shoot fight from Star Trek? My pick would be Worf. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Catch you guys in the next one. Thank you, Stephen Coopers. Thank you, Stephen Coopers. What a great question, man. Oops, sorry. What's going on over there? Sorry. So, uh, all right, you're the you're the the, the Star Trek aficionado Star between Trek the two nerd. of us. Um, I mean, I he mentions Worf. Great answer, fantastic it's answer. A great answer, but it's not the undisputed answer. The undisputed answer is Data, because Data can beat Worf. Uh, this has been proven. Uh, Data uh, is the strongest member. If we're talking about, like, I'm pretty sure Data is the strongest being that we know of in Star Trek lore mm. basically he's been able to out strength outpower the borg he's been able to do that mm -hmm. he is stronger than klingons he is strongest so definitely data could be universal champion he could definitely choke out brock lesnar here's here's an answer just because i think it'd be the most fun yeah con imagine oh. the promos between con and, and paul, paul Heyman. oh that'd be good yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. You know, and in 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 Khan, you know, he's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Like Heyman will cut something talking about how Lesnar is the beast incarnate, and then Khan's second will say like, "But Khan's is superior." Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, he'll like that. go to Heyman and go, "You task me. <laughs> you task me. You task me." He started just quoting Moby Dick. <laughs> talk about the universal title. We'll talk about it instead of the white whale, purple whale. <laughs> You're up up a whale. Anyways. Next. From Adam Nuttall, Steve's serial killer. This is terrifying. Sorry, Steve's Zodiac killer. He's Sorry. St he's still on my case, man. Yeah. If he could just get a ticket overseas, because he's in England, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Hopefully he never gets that ticket. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. It's another matchup question from Steve's Zodiac Killer, the record holder for shortest matchup question. But this time, it's not going to be that short, because... With SCU being told they're leaving Ring of Honor after final battle, where would you like to see him go? Um, I'd love to know you guys' opinions. Too sweet, high handshake, and I'll see you next time. Thank you, my serial killer. Zodiac killer. Thank you, my Zodiac killer, Ted Cruz. Um, I think it would be hilarious to see SCU. No, no. So I was going to say NXT. Yeah. No. Daniel straight up as the higher power. Yeah. As many of you may or may not know. Christopher Daniels was originally supposed to be the higher power before Correct. it was Vince. Correct. Um, do you think it was a bad idea to make it Vince and not Chris Daniels? It made it really convoluted when it was Vince. It was really silly to be Vince, but at the same time, if it was like it was a different time back then, I'm not sure everybody or anybody would have known who Christopher Daniels was. Like maybe 20% of the audience. Yeah, it would have been confusing. It would have been a bit confusing. Like, I wonder if they were planning on booking him super strong. I would think so. If he's the higher power, do they think he was going to be like the heir apparent to the Undertaker? Maybe. Maybe. But then again, they said no because he was too small. Apparently. Ridiculous. They never seen him do one of his awesome moonsaults. Apparently. <laughs> apparently not. 
so yeah, although I wouldn't mind seeing them in the crowd. I would love to see them in the crowded NXT. They get pointed out, but they don't actually sign. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Where would you want to see them go? New Japan Pro Wrestling. That makes sense. We saw them uh, at a Strong Style Evolved in Long Beach. Yeah, true. Yeah. Take on Yo Show and Rocky Romero. It's a decent match. Makes sense. Make, yeah. Would make sense. That's what I want to see. New Japan Pro Wrestling. There. That'd be good. No, they need, I want them to. I want them to get their payday. Their big fat WWE merchandise payday. Can't argue with that either. Yeah, man. And it's always fun to see guys who have been like you know busting their asses that long mm-hmm. get their moment in WWE. I don't know how much. I mean, I, I I assume for certain wrestlers that matters. For others, maybe not. Like Kenny Omega, he seems like he'd be totally fine if he never had that. Yeah. At the same time, like. I don't know. I, but maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's talked about wanting that main event or yeah. a high-profile match at, say, at WrestleMania against AJ yeah. Styles. He's spoken about that. I still, I would still think, I'd speculate, that maybe a guy like Kenny Omega, who seems so into the craft and artistry of wrestling, mm-hmm. would want to take on the challenge of seeing if he could put something on as compelling as what he does in New Japan on the literal biggest stage yeah. of all at WrestleMania. Yeah. I wonder if he, if that's something that would he would like to do. Yeah. Christopher Romper saw it as a question. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Steven Larson. What a great day today. I just finished listening to a Jim Carnette shoot interview. And my God, it was hilarious. I love when he shoots the shit out of Vince Russo. Now, my question is today is, what is your favorite shoot interview? And what's your favorite Jim Carnette shoot interview? My favorite is obviously Vince Russo and the shit he talks about him. <laughs> All right, friendos, be safe. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. Now, if you're talking favorite shoot interview, there's only one uh, interview subject that really needs to be taken into consideration. His name is Kevin Nash. Kevin he Nash. Seems to have no problem doing shoot interviews. Yeah. And he speaks candidly. Yeah. Um, and it's to often hilarious results. It is. And it's funny because he seems to like everybody in the industry. And everybody seems to like him. And everybody seems to like him. So his shoot interviews often feel like they're agenda free. Yeah. Like you see a shoot interview and I'm a Shane Douglas fan. I liked him. I liked his stuff in ECW. You see one of his shoot interviews or a Bob Holly interview. And it's obvious that they didn't get along with a lot of people. And so you're going to get their story from their point of view, which is everybody. You're always going to get from certain point of views, but Kevin Nash, there seems to be, he seems to be a man who's so at peace with his with the entirety of wrestling he'll make fun of his own oh yeah shortcomings you know oh, yeah. his quads or whatever yeah um his own matches he also understands i think his position in wrestling you know um he seems he seems to be just a really cool like honest dude mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh and that's why his shoot interviews are so fascinating mm-hmm. he's and, a really good storyteller and too he's a, he's a really good storyteller yeah so and he seems to have fun with it, but he's not goofy. I don't know. It's Kevin Nash is great. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as your favorite Jim Cornette, there's only one that really sticks with me, and that's the one where he was shooting on Joey Styles. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre too because I wouldn't have thought of Joey Styles in this way, but he like blasts Joey Styles for you know. If anybody follows Jim Cornette, you know he's obviously uh, a pretty hardcore liberal. According to him, Joey Styles is like a super right wing dude. Um, and he like shot hard on Joey Styles, uh, calling him a, some pretty nasty names. Um, 
specifically in relation to him being a super right winger. It's just kind of interesting and kind of out of the blue. It's like, wow, did not expect that at all. Um, so, yeah, they're really good. I'm trying to think there's any others that, you know what I thought was really good? What a really good one was Rick Steiner. Yeah, because when we watched, it was, yeah. was pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, because he seems like a super grounded guy. He yeah. seems like the the polar opposite of of his brother. <laughs> what you think of as his brother? Exactly. Yeah, like I've seen like a Scott Steiner shoot interview, and you and like he's so mellow, but he obviously has a lot of enemies in wrestling, and it's all just colored through his all of his stories are just colored through his perspective, and. You get, you get kind of nervous because you think he might pop off on one of the yeah, interviews yeah, at any yeah, moment. Yeah. But Rick Steiner just seems like a totally yeah yeah he just grounded he, he, dude. You know he 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 has a very even kind of temperament. It seemed like yeah. And you realize that his voice he used the entirety of wrestling career was completely put on. <laughs> yeah, didn't talk like that at didn't all. Talk like yeah, I didn't do any of this. No, yeah, no, it was it was it was really fascinating. He's a pretty good storyteller too. Yeah, like you could you could you would think that a dude who you know, his career obviously went in a much different direction from his brothers once they split in WCW. Didn't seem to have one bitter bone in his body nope. about it. Just nope. completely cool about it. He seems it. content with his wrestling career, and I think he's a realtor now. Seems to be pretty successful one, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he doesn't look like he's in bad shape or anything. No. Next up, we've got, let's do Zach S. next. All right. Let's do Zach S. next. Uh, let's see what he has to say. What's good, Stephen Larson, Manny, friendos out there. It's your official friendo versus IWGP heavyweight champ, Zach S. Coming at you with another Matt Chat question. My question this week for Matt Chat is, should Tomatonka and the OGBC get involved in the all-in show since they're having their story right now with the elites? Or do you think the show is bigger than the stories? It's about independent wrestling. Should the OGs get involved in the all-in or not? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. I'll go first. I'll say no. Um, and I'll say no because I don't think OG Bullet Club should get involved in All In. They have done a really, really good job of keeping All In, as Zach says, a celebration of independent wrestling. We're not getting Omega Okada. We're not getting Omega versus pretty much anybody else in New Japan. We're getting Omega versus Pentagon. That's fantastic. We're getting the Young Bucks versus Lucha guys. We're getting um, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. That's really cool. Cody is fighting for the NWA world title. That's amazing. So I really like that this is just its own thing. It's not another chapter in New Japan lore. And it's obvious that they have, have been very careful to keep it that way. Um, so for that reason, I really... who's Oh, Okada versus uh, Marty, Marty Skrull. Skrull. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, obviously, they're both New Japan guys, but eventually they're going to, you know. I mean, they're you know, different divisions. So. Gonna ha yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The odds of them facing off one-on-one -on -one are pretty small. Right. Everything you said was exactly what I was going to say. It's a celebration of of independent wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I don't necessarily think you need to have um, New Japan storylines play out at the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It should just be concentrated on, on the kind of the jury matches we're getting. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm really looking forward to it, mainly because it is going to be its own thing. You yeah. know, it's like I love New Japan. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I we went to one live. Do we have we done a live New Japan show this year? Or was yeah, that, that was the, the second Long Beach one. Okay, okay, that, that was, was March. In, oh, March. Okay, yeah. So we've done that. We've done that. We don't need to do it again. All in its own thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. if that main event is for the NWA title 
How great is that for the NWA title? Fantastic. Isn't that awesome? It's fantastic. Could you imagine what if Cody puts over Nick Aldis? If Nick Aldis goes over? Oh, I'm right now I kind of expect that to happen. Yeah, it might. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like a very Cody Rhodes seems like a super good yeah. guy, you know. It seems Espe- like something he would do. Especially we've seen scenarios posted online by various people. Was it Ryan Satin that posted this about Flip Gordon mm. costing Cody the belt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Young Liam in our last video question. He seems to be having an existential crisis. Yes. Let's see Young Liam. Thank you. This is the worst match chat I've ever been in. I know. This guy's not even funny. He's literally taking somebody else's shtick and trying to make it his own thing. Like, dude, come solve with someone original. I know, and he cut his hair too. Like, you know, he had the nice, long, full thing of hair, and now he just, he just looks like a dork. This young lion, he's just taking his gimmick too far. Like, I don't even know who else could have taken their gimmick too far in any sort of promotion in wrestling. I don't know, maybe Steven Larson will know. Hey. Wanna play pay play per view? Play per view! Play per view! Play per F and you! Thank you, young Liam. I'll go first. Okay. I mean, they made a documentary about Ric Flair about how he got lost in his gimmick. Oh yeah, good yeah, yeah. Ric Flair uh more or less ceased being Richard Fleer mm-hmm. and more or less became Ric Flair full time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so if there's anybody I could think of that took their gimmick too far. Yeah. Um it's Ric Flair. Also uh, I may have not taken his gimmick too far, but taking his gimmick too seriously, that'd be Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. He takes himself very seriously. Yeah, he, he does. He takes the, the wrestling industry very seriously. Yeah. Um, and almost to an extreme degree. Yeah. Um, so secondary answer, Bret Hart, but Ric Flair for sure. I'm going to go with New Jack because uh, the mass transit incident, that was way too far. Ooh, boy. You don't need to make a guy bleed that much, dude. Especially a 17-year-old. So I'm going to go with New Jack. And it's Gary. And that's real. So, <laughs> God. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of text questions. Yes. First up from Tom Fox. He asks, as we saw on Monday, the Shield is officially back together. Do you think this has always been the plan for them? Get them over, break them up, give them all the world championship runs, reunite them. Or are they back together because of bad booking and trying to get Roman over? I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, I said this in the Raw recap. I think this was probably a plan originally. Um, had Dean not gotten hurt, this might have been what we saw the Raw after Mania. But or you're maybe s- even at, main event, main, uh, at Mania at the conclusion of the main event. But you're saying originally as in going from when they originally were getting back together. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think this was – I don't think they planned out in advance because how could you? You have no idea – what you're going to be playing with, who's going to get over, are they going to get over, are there going to be injuries from the very – because I think he's talking about the plan for them when they oh, first yeah. debut. I mean, you can't really tell what's going to happen. No, 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 no. The plan, yeah. no. Um, I think they had probably a good idea that they were all world championship material, and I think they're right. I think that that's actually that's Yeah, yeah. I think if you, take it, if you take it to that point, the, is this the plan for the Shield to build them up as this massive faction – that was insanely over, break them up, have them pursue individual pursuits, and eventually get back together? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't know necessarily the motivation from the very beginning. I'm talking about like the inception of the Shield 
was to get them back together with the sole purpose of getting Roman Reigns over. I mean, yeah, no, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it'd be that. Um, I imagine when they first put them together, it was probably like, man, you know, these guys are probably going but if, you know, three weeks into it, there it was just a big fart and nobody cared about it, then they would have gone a different way. Mm-hmm. So you can't plan too far in advance like no, that, no, you know, no. um, when you're dealing with a new property anyways. Uh, next up from Joshua, the Dynamic Knight Martinez, with AJ Lee being rumored to have been contacted for Evolution, this got me thinking. If AJ would have stayed in WWE, where would she be now? Would she still be a top player? And what are some dream matches oh, that man. we could have yes, got? Yes, she would absolutely still be a top player. She was fantastic. Who's the one? So Alicia Fox has been there for about as long as AJ Lee would have been there, I think. No, I think I think Alicia Fox preceded. Did she really? Yeah, I think so. Would they say ten years for Alicia? Something Fox? like that. Yeah. When an AJ Lee debut wasn't like around the late odds. No, I think it was like twenty eleven. No, no, it was after that. It was after that. Really? In WWE, yeah, because it was after Money of the Bank. With CM Punk, I remember when she debuted as what is Daniel Bryan's uh, crazy girlfriend. Um, yeah, you're right. Look at that. Okay. Uh, oh, looks uh twenty twenty eleven main roster. To, oh, look at that. May twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay. Wow. So, is there any? But let's see here, Alicia. When, when did she really? Oh, yeah. It was November twenty eleven. When she got to the Daniel Bryan storyline. Let's see here. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody who's been? I mean, we're so, we have so many NXT alumni. I think Natalia and Alicia Fox have been there longer. AJ Lee was a bit more special than them, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, she had, she, yeah, she, she would still be top of the card. Imagine her versus Sasha Banks. No, oh, yeah. I mean, dude. That'd be spectacular. Becky, Becky Lynch, Lynch, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. All the, the top of the card women's wrestlers. I think that'd be phenomenal matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, she would still be... I'm trying to think what... Okay, so, like... When did the Shield debut? 2012. 2012, okay. So, and you look at the Shield, you look at guys like AJ still on top, Roman still on top, Dean obviously on top. You look at those guys, look at Daniel Bryan, who debuted 10 years ago or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. or eight years ago, I guess, Mm -hmm. still on top. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you can have the same longevity... Um, it, it'll be kind of interesting, the four horsewomen, that class and after in the women's division, to see what kind of longevity they have. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's more akin to you, what you see in the men's division now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, she, 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 and she's of that caliber. She's oh, sort yeah. of the prototype for oh, that. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. Definitely. And, yeah, we'd be, we'd be seeing a lot. I hope that they're able to sort of put, put aside all the lawsuit stuff and, you know, see him punk and AJ Lee as a family. You know, and have her do evolution. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. It'd be be absolutely fantastic. Doubt it's going to happen. But it'd be be very surprised. Yeah. Very surprised. We have one last question from the steamed ham champion, Dylan Haggett. And he says, Hey guys, I'd like you each to pick a city and debate which one should host WrestleMania 36. The answer is Sacramento. Do you know why? Because I don't have to go anywhere. I just have to hop in an Uber, go down to the Golden One Center, that fantastic arena. Usually they do stadiums now. But you know what? I don't care. I'm going to say so. Fine. San Jose again. Because it was great the first time I took the train there. Whatever is most convenient for this guy. San Jose was great. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Lower Bowl, that's how you do it. So that's what I'm going to say. Lower Bowl, once again, you choose the Los Angeles. That's the answer. Survivor Series. 
Yeah, it's but good. it's not going to be at their brand new, sparkling new football stadium set to open in 2020 at some point. That's too much. What, what's too much? Los Angeles is too far to go? Yeah, it's just a lot. L.A. in general is just too much. Get the L.A. crowd all on their cell phones and stuff. They weren't all on their cell phones at No Mercy. It was actually a really hot crowd. You didn't even know what you're talking about. Anyways, Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, Santa, was, or Santa Clara would be ideal because it is super convenient. But next, con- next most convenient would be L.A. It's a one-hour plane trip down, one-hour flight oh, back. Planes. You saw what happened to Post Malone. Won't be no private, good. Well, he didn't crash. He's right? fine. No. Um, next year or this next year is going to be. We take the train to Chicago to all in. I don't really. No, want we already got plane. we already got our tickets. I don't want to go on a plane. It scares me. Fine, I'll fly. You can take the train. You got to leave it in like a couple of days then. Um, uh, it's in New York next year. Uh, this year is in New Orleans. Year before that was in Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's three straight years. It's more or less on the East Coast. What the heck? We need Vegas. something. Yeah. When the new football stadium opens for the Raiders in Vegas, it'll definitely be there. Yeah, man. Ooh. But I feel like the West Coast needs Reno. I don't think they have a venue large enough. Denver. It's a possibility. Although the weather in Denver is all over the place, especially April. Seattle again. I could do that. What was the last time in 19? Uh, something like that, yeah. Oh man, wow. it's been a while. Seattle, I'd love to go to Seattle. Take yeah, I've never there. been, I've never been to Seattle, so I'd, I'd, I'd Seattle. enjoy that. But I'd say Los Angeles. Okay, crap answer. It's a good answer. Sack down. Never gonna happen. The, just, they'll just have put a ring in the the at the rail yards and just let people show up. It's like an old time wrestling thing where they announce we're setting up a ring here to yes. show up. Yes, yes. It'd be a mile away. Can't see anything. There's no video boards. You're crazy. <laughs> they can make one. They can make a video board. We'll vote on it. We'll vote on it, and then we'll fight. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Thanks so much. You, too, can participate in Matt Chat uh, by going to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $20, and that gets you on every episode of that month that you gave us $20. Yeah. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.